Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Presented by T-Mobile the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the Gene Otto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad he's with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America, as heard on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Oh, wow. In the mornings. <clears throat> He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. <clears throat> Marky. Yeah, Marky. That's, mm-hmm. what, uh, that's what Jay Williams called Seems me. like Jay Wills goes for We're old friends. He's... We're old friends. We're longtime buddies. Seems like Jay Will and Tiger have the same thing. When he, instead <laughs> of just giving a nickname, just puts a Y at the end of everybody's name. Hey, you know. So Does this mean goes. I'm the funky bunch if you're Marky? It, quite quite a weekend that uh, that I land on uh, the morning show here on the National mm-hmm. Morning Show. I mean, uh, I don't know. It was both compelling, obviously, in the sense of we had a fantastic game at FedEx Forum yesterday between the Tigers and Houston. We had a pretty good game last night against the Clippers, even though it didn't go the Grizzlies' way. Um, and also had, like, literally the biggest story in the NBA and maybe in the sports world for a moment there with John Morant, and unfortunately it was the biggest for not the greatest reasons. Um, It was amazing how that thing – I remember when I first woke up and saw the video, and I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was, like, kind of my reaction to it. And um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this weekend. It was both compelling and also uh, exciting, but also, like, ultimately, like – if you're, you know, a Memphis fan in any form of capacity, it was not a good weekend in the end for for any, you know, like you you you, you lose on a buzzer beater to Houston, and then you know the Grizzlies seem, you know, if you combine since we left air, they lost Brandon Clark, they lost John Morant, they lost Dylan Brooks, and they lost two games. <laughs> That's not great. No, to just simply lay out. It was an 0-3 basketball weekend does not quite tell the story. <laughs> 
But it was like, you know what I mean? It was like compelling and exciting in its own way, but it was just not the outcome anyone wanted. No, the the flashbacks that I had were so the last like traumatic in terms of like, oh my God, this type of story. And you knew that emotions were going to be running high. Uh, my boss, Neil McCready, was at the 2015 NFL draft. And that was when the Laramie Tunsil gas mask uh, story came out. Laramie, in his press availability afterwards, admitted to taking money from Ole Miss. And it was one of those nights where everyone was tuning in, expecting, like, this is going to be this great celebration. And then it turned into just be, like, your worst-type nightmare. And it's just like, what else was going to happen? There were similar vibes to me to, to covering that. Yeah, well, it was, uh, I'll say this, it was ripe for overreaction. <laughs> this oh, entire, it, invited, it invited overreaction. This is, this is, this is a perfect, un, for, for the worst reasons, but the perfect overreaction Monday in some ways. It just is, you know, endless possibilities. We'll get into it here uh, in a second to, t- to start today's show, start a big week. Postseason basketball's here um, in college basketball, so... Lots to get to on all those fronts. Uh, 240 or so, Jason Munz will join us. He was there in the building on Sunday, yesterday morning, when Memphis played Houston. We'll get his thoughts on the game, on what lies ahead for the Tigers here this week now that they're uh, going to be in the AAC tournament, their NCAA tournament hopes, all that. It's it's uh, the best time of the year to be a college basketball fan. 3 o'clock or so, we'll get into the list. Lots to get to in the NFL. Combine wrapping up. Derrick Henry. On the trading block. Derek Carr seems like yeah. the Derricks are active today. Yeah, lots of NFL. And then uh, maybe we'll wrap things up with some more Grizzlies. Because um, there's, there's a whole lot of meat on that bone these days. Um, so uh, big show ahead. But let's let's start with our overreactions, Jeffrey. Um, I don't know. We got to start with the John Morant stuff. I mean, it's just... We have to. It's, All right. It's the, it was the major story of the weekend in sports, really. Um, John Morant in the, at 3, I believe we've established it's 5.15 Eastern time, 3.15 Mountain five time. 5.19. 5.19. So 3.19 local time where he was in Denver in a nightclub of uh, some sort. Yes. Um, he turns on his Instagram live, Instagram live, flashes a gun. Certainly had strip club lighting. We've no, that we've not confirmed mm-hmm. it is a strip club or not. A club that was open at three nineteen a.m. Yes, but flashes a gun is uh, appears to flash a gun. Appears to flash a gun, um, and uh, it quickly became a big, big story. And the NBA opened an investigation. And the Grizzlies uh, said he was taking a leave from the team for two games. Uh, ja subsequently put out a statement saying, you know, he's going to work on him, you know, work on how he's, you know, deals with stress and his overall well-being. Um, in light of all this and the, the the incidents that happened that were previously reported, the Pacers game, the basketball pickup basketball game, the um, mall incident. the mall incident. Um, and you know, it's, it's a story you don't see. Well, it's both a story that I think, and a, that makes sense in the sense that like a lot of 
people who come into fame and wealth, like they go through a rough patch where they're getting accustomed to their, how they, you know, what their, their life has become in some ways. And so in some ways it's like very like tales old as time. Yes. Particularly when it comes very quickly. Yes. But then in other ways, it's like, you don't see this in like the middle of a season, you know, so abruptly like this just, you know, I know this has technically been building since the summer, if you will, when those two incidents happened, but they didn't get reported to like, a month ago, ultimately, and it does feel, or two months ago, and it feels like this I, is well, all think, just very abrupt. I thought the the basketball court incident got reported in, like, October. Uh, it was during the seasons. It was, like, uh, it was definitely before the Indiana thing. Yes, for sure. Um, but like you, I, I, yeah, October is probably. I don't remember. Got they didn't. You didn't get reported in the moment. Maybe ultimately. the poli- Maybe the stuff was. No, it's January January third, twenty twenty three. It's like all been since the new year. This was all uh, initially um, in reported. Q one. <laughs> yes, and it just all feels so abrupt. And like now, you know, he went from like he scored twenty eight points in a third quarter like a week ago. You know, <laughs> and you know had like twenty eight and ten in the Nuggets game. Before all this, and now we're here three days later. It's kind of nuts. Um, and I think it speaks to, you know, just how just how poor a decision he made on early Saturday morning in a Denver club. Yeah, I think that's where I'll start with my overreaction. And my overreaction is we have to be at a point where we can acknowledge that this is true. This was a remarkably stupid thing to do. <laughs> yes. And I understand there's, you know, this is somehow the story's become charged. Mm-hmm. But if we can't get down to what exactly happened, mm-hmm. this is not the Washington Post trailing him. Mm-hmm. This is not the local media finding him. This is not even somebody in the group. Or someone in the club. Correct. Filming him. Paparazzi. This is nothing. Ja Morant went live on his own Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Not a burner that somebody noticed and picked up. Ja Morant went live on his own account. Mm -hmm. And from the club flashes what appears to be a gun. If we cannot at least start from the basis of that is an incredibly dumb thing to do, Mm -hmm. then we are done. Yeah. And and it's like uh, that's where I, I maybe I maybe it's insensitive of me, but that's I, I kind of look at this situation like that. I don't think there's a bigger picture here other than John Moran has made a series of poor decisions, culminating with the worst decision yet, which was this weekend, and felt frankly like you know I put it in my column at commercialappeal.com. I called him a petulant child, and I, it felt like. A child kind of like, you're, you're going to tell me how to act? I'm going to do it this way. And I know he put out the statement apologizing. I appreciate that. I, I It sounds like he's taking this serious. From well, I you, hope so. Yeah, from what you hear it behind the scenes. It sounds like the police in Colorado are taking it seriously. But, like, yeah, to that point, like, now in the last couple hours it's come out, now the police, it's the NBA investigating it. And now it's the the local police in uh, whatever town in Colorado, Glendale, Colorado. Did not realize there was a Glendale um, in Colorado. It's a suburb of D- Denver. 
Um, but they're now investigating, or excuse me, I believe the spokesperson called it a probe. Mm. They've opened a probe into the John Morant gun situation. But I always oh, dicey when it's a strip club incident. So, in like in that way, it's like you overreact in the way of like, it's like God, Lee, like what are you thinking? Um, this is like self sabotage, self destructive behavior all of a sudden. And the other part of me, though. I kind of wonder if we're just, it's going to be like, I, I use this analogy on the morning show, like Justin Bieber. Will this ultimately be like his Justin Bieber moment? Remember when Justin Bieber, like. Are we talking wrecking the Ferrari? Maybe it was a Lambo. Like wrecked, I don't... Yeah, like wrecked of car. He was like smoking weed all the time when smoking weed all the time wasn't as acceptable wasn't there as a it is now. Involved at yeah, one he point. bought a monkey and like he kind of, it was like, oh my God, he's out of control. You know, he's like, you know, and 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 then, you know, like it, he took a hit for a while. He remember he did like the Comedy Central roast at one point during that was his part comeback. Of the comeback. That was yeah. part of the comeback. And then he started making cranking out hits again. I mean, the main thing is he started making bangers yeah, again. He started cranking out hits again. And I just wonder if, you know, as much as like you you just wanna like <laughs> you wanna be like you're disappointed and frustrated and angry at Ja. I'm also kind of like, you know, like, what if, like, three weeks from now he's back and he's playing well again and he just, you know, he just needed to, like, he didn't really get to unwind during the All-Star break this year like he wanted to. And, you know, maybe this was, you know, he just, he needed a break and everything's good now. He got his head back on straight. Yeah, I guess where where I fall down is it feels like we have reached a point as a society when – to your to the original example that you're giving, it's the classic with Sigmund Freud. Like sometimes a chair is a chair, mm-hmm. rather than well, what is this? Ch-? Like everything doesn't have to have this relative meaning. Everything does not have to have the societal meaning. We have to be able to get to the point where we sit there and go, "This was incredibly stupid," and here's how you know it was incredibly stupid. Number one. It's led to being away from the team. Number two, Mark, now he has put the Supermax, I don't know if you want to say in jeopardy, but this certainly is not going to make it easier, so you could have potentially cost yourself contract money. Mm -hmm. I understand Nike standing by him and whatnot, but, I mean, this doesn't help you in terms of getting other endorsements and whatnot. And so, really, that's just kind of where I am. You can have, you can draw whatever conclusions you want, but to me, it all has to start with, we have to acknowledge this was something that was very dumb to do. Yep. I think he knows it now. I would assume. I would hope. Sounds like it. If you're, if you're to believe his statement, and I'm going to be, I'm going to take his state. I, I believe, you know, I know P- some people are like, oh, PR person wrote I go, Good. Good. Yes. Like good. A PR person wrote it. That's what that's what you're supposed to do in this situation. And so I'm gonna take what he put out there on his statement. I think I, I accept it. Um and you know it took him a little you know, it took him a month or two longer than it should have to realize that he needs to address it. And it, it sounds like he's now in a situation where he's willing to address it in some form or fashion. Now, what I I mean, maybe maybe this again, 
makes me a little insensitive, but I'm also wondering just what the future looks like ultimately. Like, how many games is this going to be? They're saying there's no timetable. They've said at least two games. But like, ultimately, I kind of look at this as, you know, yeah, I guess he probably needs to find a better way to deal with stress, as he put it in his statement. But I, I ultimately just look at this as, as I have from the very beginning. Like, he just needs to grow up a little bit. Like, you're 23, but you have responsibilities and expectations now, given all the money that people are paying you. And I know deep down you want to present yourself in a marketable way. And this is just not like this is just all really, like I said, self-destructive. And hopefully he realizes that now. I think he probably how can he not? He's like, I mean, literally like people are reporting on him right now in a manner he's never been like report like he's being reported as if like he may have committed a crime. Well, and like. Well, it's being investigated now, dude. Yeah, and like, that's ultimately, I don't think what he intended, even even as he was making a dumb decision, I don't think in his deep down, he knew like this, he would cause this much of a hubbub. But literally, the decision to put that on it, like he could have done this. He, he could have waved the gun around in the club, you know, gone out till five in the morning, whatever it was. And if he hadn't put it on Instagram Live, like, yeah, maybe some of the people on the team would know it and go, like, man, that was kind of, you know, like, I don't know if he should be doing that anymore. But, like, none of, nothing would have happened here. That's how, like, like to your point of, like, this is just this was ultimately just came down to just being really, like, in this moment. This was a very stupid thing to do. You know, and maybe he was drunk or whatever. And, like, you know, obviously, like, that probably, you know, there was probably some of that involved, too. But I just look at it as, like, don't be, just don't be dumb again. Just don't make a dumb decision again. Think about what you're doing. And you'll be fine. And I think, frankly, in a few weeks, that's how I'm, you know, I like, I'm hopeful that's how we will look at it. Like, and then in a couple years, we'll be able to look back on this, both Ja and everyone involved and go, oh man, remember how dumb, like how dumb, we all do. Like, remember how dumb we were back then? Like, that's where Ja needs to get to. That's not true. I usually think back to like college and think back, God, I was awesome. (laughs) So many brilliant decisions, like win after win after win. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I'll be curious what it look. It, it sounds like the players in the locker room. Like I, I really do believe that he has the support of the locker room. Still, you know, I do think it shows some things about that locker room a little bit. Like, who is the leader in that locker room? Did they need? You know, does this? You know, is what's happening here like proof of like, hey man, like you need a veteran in there? Like some people have insinuated that. I think those are all fair questions. You know, how you know. Should the Grizzlies have addressed this sooner, you know, in a more meaningful way? I think that's a fair question. I don't know if they did or I, – I'm not here to say they've addressed it poorly. Like, or they – like, I do think they turned the other way for a lot of things, but I don't necessarily know if that was the wrong decision in those moments. I'm not here to judge that. I just – you know, like – but that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to another overreaction on the same topic. I think it is incredibly weak – that the NBA is now forcing the Grizzlies to be essentially the ones that have to be in charge of the discipline. And this is why I say that. In the end, you've created, the NBA has allowed the, allow the situation where teams are now entirely at the disposal of superstar players. Like, in the end, if 
if John Morant doesn't like the way that this thing has all been handled, I'm not saying that he will, but he can sit there and go, trade me. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I am all for players having the power and whatnot, but in the end, if you're going to create a situation where the league or the teams, the franchises themselves are beholden to the players, mm-hmm. like you're the one that's going to have to sit there and go, all right, Adam Silver, the reason why you get paid $50 million or whatever it is, like you're the one that has to take the heat. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a, it's, it's a tricky situation for the Grizzlies. That is for sure. And, you know, I mean, ultimately, even, you know, Memphis needs John Moran a lot more than John Morant needs Memphis in the end. That's just the truth. And well, certainly the Grizzlies. And part of what made him so beloved is that, you know, he wanted to be here. He likes it here. And I do think there is an aspect of everyone, you know, has to uh, – I, I don't blame the Grizzlies for being mindful of how they're phrasing this. I, I wish we were at a place in the NBA where you could say someone was suspended and not feel like you're insulting them to the point that they might, you know, right, like might, might not like yeah. you and not, might want to leave or so you like you like it. That's a it as if that's an offensive thing. Like they, like let's just be real. Like he he's suspended by the team. <laughs> like it, this is this is not like a leave of absence, like a vacation or a sabbatical. Okay, like he did something wrong, and and they're holding him accountable for it. Which I, you know, and uh, again, I, you can question how they've handled it before this. I probably would handle, I would have handled everything the way they did, like you know, trying to protect him through those two incidents in the summer. Kind of view him as like you know something that happened over a four day span, where he acted like you know he, he got a little, got a little too big in his britches, so to speak. And then, you know, kind of try to keep it internal and all that. And then with the Pacers thing where they kind of were like, you know, if you talk to them behind the scenes, people in the Grizzlies would be like, well, you know, like Ja wasn't involved. Like this was not Ja. This was, you know, um, and his friends. And now with this, it's like there's no – you couldn't you, you couldn't make excuses for this, unfortunately, for Ja's sake because he's now, you know, I mean he's – He's got some rehabbing to do image-wise from all this. He, there's just no doubt about it. Um, but ultimately, I do think we're going to look back on it as like, a, you know, just kind of an episode and like he's going to move past this and get past this. I don't think this is like his – I don't think we're watching his downfall. I, I think we're just – this is going to be viewed as like kind of a speed bump in his career, you know, which a lot of greats, you know – Magic Johnson had like, you know, getting his coaches fired and that, you know, blowing it in the finals. And Michael Jordan had the, you know, gambling stuff there in the playoffs one year when he went to Atlantic City. And like, you know, I think this might be Jaws thing, you know, and it's not a good look for him right now. But I still don't, I mean, don't, there's nothing, I don't have any reason to believe he can't turn it around from here. He can't figure this out and figure it out like relatively quickly. Like, I just don't think this is that serious of a thing in the sense of, back to your point, it's, I, I, don't, I don't think he's violent. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's been acting like an idiot and making bad decisions lately. No, I mean, in the end, the only person that is being harmed from this entire episode is John Morant. Yes. And 
I don't know. I guess I just keep thinking back to this year, this season in particular. I feel like we have seen, at least publicly, Ja has presented a different image than he has previously. And I have no idea if in the end, you know, he's like, I'm being me. I will say this. The current iteration of how he's presenting himself doesn't feel authentic. No. I mean, it comes across, and again, you know, all of it could be relative based on, well, it comes across different. So you, what you had, what your baseline was, was what he originally presented himself as. But the player that he presented himself the previous three seasons felt more authentic than this version of himself. Yeah. And to me, that's the question he has to wrestle with is, what do I want to be? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's trying to stra- He's trying to live in two worlds, it feels like. Because and to your point, he can't. there's nothing from this, presuming there's no like serious criminal charges. I mean, charges, th- that like, is the now wild card is like, you what's know. What's the criminal charges? Like, if, if it yeah. is his gun, if that gun is registered in his name, like, and he doesn't have the proper permit, like, he could be in some, you know, like, he could get, uh, pop some sort of charge in Colorado, I would assume. I admittedly, now, I do hope not know is gun, gun laws. And, the hope is that gun is not in his name. It, that, that, that gun. Well, I think the original hope is that that gun's not a gun. Yes, but I think we would have heard if it was. I, I, think, I think they tried that for a little bit. Um, I don't think it held up. And, um, you know, because then if you pop a charge and you get convicted, you take a plea deal, whatever you would do, right. like, then you are going to face additional uh, discipline from the NBA at some point. Now, maybe, it, you know the whole thing would extend out past the playoffs. Like, I, you know, like, ultimately. Um, but there is some legal ramifications there at play, at play here if they decide to charge him with anything. But to your original point, though, even if, like, let's imagine worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. Like, you do get charged, and mm-hmm. it affects your time you on the You can extend the case out a little bit for the playoffs. It's just, like, it's just another thing you have on your weighing on you, if you will. Correct. But well, it, still, it still will not prevent you from turning it around. Yes, I don't think so. I mean, like, you know, it's not like part of why I think the the how big this story became is in some ways a credit to like the star John Moran has already become and the expectations people had for him in terms of if you really like survey the league, he's being positioned as like you know like all the best players in the NBA right now. A lot of them are foreign, you know, Jokic. Yeah. Doncic, Giannis, um, Wimbenyana coming up. Yeah, like there's not that like of the American players now. You know, like LeBron and Steph are obviously huge stars, but they're like phasing out ultimately. Well, and it like, even feels like he's being positioned higher than like a Jason Tatum. He cer- he certainly feels like he has from a stardom perspective. Yes, yes. like Jason Tatum might be the better player. Yeah, I mean Jason um, Tatum's made a finals. Yeah, and um. And he's, you know, and he's like, it feels like, at least based on his actions, he's he's telling us, he's screaming to us, like, I'm not ready for this yet. And I think that's what made it so, con- I think, like, if you watch it, how the reaction has been here because of this, it's why it elicits such strong reactions either way. Like, either in the, like, you know, you, know, you don't know what someone's going through. Like, you know, you know, like, this is, like, something, you know, like, it was, it was funny, on that, 
on Keyshawn and Jay Williams and Max Kellerman. Like it was interesting just seeing the dynamic based on the questions I was getting from Keyshawn and from Jay. Like Keyshawn was like, "When is when is when is John Morant like gonna get his head out of his ass?" Basically, is what he said. You know, something along those lines. And Jay Williams came at it from a like, you know, you don't like you never get. There's no like. There's no like handbook for how to like be a superstar and make hundreds of millions of dollars in like a matter of a year or two. Um, there's no handbook on how to handle that and like okay, a, while I how agree, do we you know while I agree there's no handbook. If there were a handbook, I would imagine like point number one: don't go on Instagram Live on your own account and flash a gun. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say like that is. Pro- like that's kind of the whole thing that's that's that is irritating me or at least annoying me. I understand being frustrated. I can I can intellectually understand the pressures and whatnot and everything that he is as feeling to a certain degree. At the same time, if we're going to just say you're never responsible for what you do then I don't understand at any point how anything can change. Like, there mm-hmm. does have to be an acknowledgement of, at the bare minimum, he should not have done this. Yeah. No, and I think, you know, look, time will bear it out. I think in a few weeks, I don't know if it'll be forgotten. Well, I mean, to your point, I've got NBA Today on. Mm-hmm. They open with it what appeared to be like two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. and like they showed statements, they showed Des talking. And then they quickly moved to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and ultimately, you know, like I said, I'm interested to see how long does this last? Um, how long does he need? How long does the team feel he needs? You know, is he going to be back Thursday against Golden State? Is it just going to be two games? Like, I know some people are going to look at it like, uh, he can't, like, ad- you know, address what he can't. Like, I'm not here. To, I, honestly, like, I don't think there's too quick or there probably is a too long maybe. But, like, I, I don't know. I hope he doesn't miss that much time. I don't think I, – I think he's going to be fine, ultimately. I think the, rea- the the reaction this latest incident has gotten, like, if he's not going to – if he's not going to adjust based off this, well, then, like, there's – you know, there's not much – you know, like, then this is going to, you know, ultimately be a problem, it, like a real problem. And I just don't think, given the reaction, he's just he's just going to – keep doing what he's been doing like it based on his statement and based on the reaction this has gotten the attention this has gotten he's clearly gonna adjust he's not like I I, I don't know John Morant but I've been around him enough to like feel like he's going to make some sort of change to his life in order to make sure he's back on track I really do believe that well I mean honestly to your other point I mean I think there's a legitimate question of like you know when he comes back or whatnot I think John Morant needs basketball Mm-hmm. And I would prefer to see him playing basketball. I think that would. I think that you can, in the end, like. But I think maybe do you, need, again, the, do you yeah. need the threat of having basketball taken away at some point? Like I, I don't know. Like, well, and it, it it also you know, you know, it's like it's just a way you have to carry yourself moving forward. Like if you want to be, you know, a superstar, there's a certain way you got to carry yourself. There's a certain way you got to act. There's certain I mean, I think situations you, even, but, you have to avoid. It's just the reality. It comes think, with the territory. Obviously, if John Conchar goes and does this, mm-hmm. 
it doesn't become maybe the the story in terms of like how it captured the sports scene mm-hmm. over the weekend. He'd be going through the same type of scrutiny. Like maybe. In the end, this is this maybe I don't know. Just how many Instagram followers does John Conchar have? Well, I mean, the you question know. is, but like once it went, here's the well, here's the reality. Like, would maybe they would just cut him? Yeah, no, that yeah, that, that's true. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, hey, let's take some time away to, yeah. to figure this out. It's like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll. But there would be there would be consequences. Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right, let's get to the other aspect of the Grizzlies. Mm. Are you ready for my overreaction? Okay. They're not good enough. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's funny. The, the game last night where they blew a 15-point lead, like, it was disappointing because they had that magical third quarter where they scored 51 points. But it also was like, well, it, this this is like, Reality sinking in. The, the, the entire, even when they went for fifty-one, and it felt like at a certain. point. I did think they were going to win coming out of the third quarter. I will say that. Like I didn't think they were going to blow that lead. I did a few minutes into the fourth quarter realize, oh man, they might blow this lead. So the moment that I realized they were in trouble, because to your point, the third quarter it felt like when when Dez. It and, felt like that Phoenix game last year, yeah. where like they remember they won, they beat Phoenix when everyone was no out. No apparent reason. When, I was I was like, oh, this is one of that. We're gonna have our first one of those games this yeah, year. Yeah, the the no apparent reason win, and yeah. then when you had Dez and Tyus, it felt like just coming down as soon as they crossed. Santi half court, started catching yeah, fire like, for a second. You're like, yeah. oh my god, this oh, is, here we go. This is their this night. Is great. And. The Clippers defensively felt like they couldn't do anything. Yeah, it's like, so, oh, Clipper, this is the Clipper. The Clippers are falling off a cliff. The moment, though, that I thought, uh-oh, it was when John Conchar, when Conchar and Westbrook were kind of by the half-court line out of mm-hmm. bounds, and they said it was off Conchar. Yeah. And the Grizzlies went to go review it. And they got, they won the review. They won the review, and it's like, I want to say it's maybe eight and a half minutes left, nine minutes, something like that. They're up 11. But the fact that they're like, oh, every possession, like you could tell at that point they were yeah. sensing every possession mattered, mm-hmm. and then they immediately don't even score, mm-hmm. and it quickly turned right back at that point. That was when I was like, mm, okay. But ultimately, like you know, they, they were the amount of guys they were down, like it made sense that they lost to the full strength Clippers. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with with Paul George and Kawhi playing, probably awesome. having like their best game as a tandem this season. Correct. It still just highlighted they have a 51-point quarter, mm-hmm. and then in the fourth quarter, yes, again, you can you can have rotational questions. They had a bunch of calls that did not go their way. Mm-hmm. But really what it boiled down to was, like I was just thinking about the play where Jaron does, where Paul George comes in, knocks him back from behind, knocked him down. Mm-hmm. We all agree that should have been a foul. Yeah. But it was still the same type issue. It's like they can't get a rebound. Yeah, no, it was, but I actually thought the Denver game ultimately was the telling one in the sense that you lose Brandon Clark, who's now out for, you know, for the foreseeable, certainly this season and probably a lot of next season with a torn Achilles. I mean, you can realistically bet on he's probably out for close to a year. Yeah. Um, And it was just watching that Denver game, you're like, oh, I don't know if they have enough, with John, it's like with John Dillon. And you're watching that second half, and I was just going, yeah, I don't know if they have enough good players. Like, the bench gave them nothing. 
You know, like maybe, you know, yeah, Tyus is capable maybe of, of, you know, adding something off the bench. We saw in that game last night, like, but ultimately, like when Ja's playing and healthy and they don't seem to like the Ja-Tyus pairing as much anymore, I think because defensively it's not they, the greatest. They just go so small. Yeah, and so Tyus isn't, when Ja's healthy, Tyus is only getting eight or ten minutes a game. So, like, there's that, your best bench player now with Brandon out, realistically in a playoff game is only going to play like eight or ten minutes. And then, you know, like Kennard can hit some threes, I guess, but like if he's not hitting threes, he's a defensive liability, you know, and then then you're getting down to, you know, Santi, who's like, you know, has he's like a, you know, he's not con- quite consistent yet, I would say, is his biggest issue. Like he has these games and moments where he's, you know, tantalizing and very good and helpful. But he's also like, I don't know if you can count on him from game to game yet. No, and then, I mean, like, the and other so like night, you're, you're just, they're, they're, like, Roddy got a bunch of run last night, and at times he looked good. But on the, times he looked bad. Like, I mean, in the, the fourth quarter, he had some bad moments. Well, and the other thing that struck me, if you want to talk about Friday night, it was bad enough seeing the scene of Brandon Clark, like, clearly in pain, and they're having to mm-hmm. carry him off. But the other thing that stood out to me is, Roddy was one of the, it was Roddy and Steven Adams carrying him to the back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, he's not even in the game plan right now. Yeah. But he played last night. Um, it was experimental rotation. And we'll see, you know, like now we're, we're past five weeks on Steven Adams. It sounds like he's getting closer, but it, we'll see the, it'll be interesting to see what the injury report says ahead of this Lakers game. It'll come out like right after our show today. Um, what Steve, you know, do they upgrade, have they upgraded Steven Adams, like questionable or doubtful, which would be a sign that he's, you know, at least on the verge of coming back. Um, they'll get Dylan back tomorrow against the Lakers from the suspension due to all the technicals he's gotten. He's got one to play with now. Um, yes, he does. Yeah. Two more. And if he gets two more, he gets suspended again. It's like every two, every two technicals from here on out, he gets suspended again. Um, goes back to zero for the playoffs. Correct. So, there's that. Um, but no, it's a it's a rough spot, and they're only a game up on Sacramento now in second place in the West. It was a not a great weekend for the Grizzlies. No, I mean we we did pinpoint this road trip would be telling. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be this telling. I, yeah. <laughs> Holy hell. Oh man. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, hey. I know the Lakers beat Golden State yesterday, but they're still LeBronless Lakers. Maybe you, maybe you know, maybe you can go if you come back two and two from this road trip. Given everything that's happened, I think you take that as a win. Oh, is there a person right now that wouldn't take that? Yeah, because um, then you got Golden State at home, Dallas at home, Dallas on the road, Miami on the road. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, what and like, what game is Ja going to come back for? I don't know. Like, I. Like that's to me is the the now the thing that looms over all this is like when is John Morant coming back? Like when? How long is this going to be? We'll talk about that during the second hour. Let's turn our attention to the other big moment of the weekend. Jason Munz is going to join us next. Great scene yesterday at FedEx Forum. Tigers in Houston do battle. Houston ends up winning at the buzzer. Let's talk about that scene with Munz next, right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, ninety two nine. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, ESPN. Jason Munns is the commercial appeals Tiger basketball beat writer. He's on Twitter at Munsley. Joins us each and every Monday. Munns, what are we listening to? Listening to the great Lenny Kravitz, Jeffrey. This is uh, the title track from his album Dig In. <laughs> it's more of a John Moran song. <laughs> <laughs> Dig, well, not anymore. Not yeah, anymore. Hopefully not. Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. He's, he's you know, he's in a different headspace. Hopefully now. Uh, Munz, you were there. Both of you were. We were both there yesterday. I mean, it was a, it was a, well, it was just one of those great college basketball atmospheres. It was fan, like the, you know, it was, you know, I, it was a sold out, it was a sellout, you know, not every seat was taken, but it was loud. It was as, as many people at a college basketball game as you'll see in the country. I feel like, you know, maybe Syracuse gets more sometimes in their arena. Um, but you know, I'm sure there's others, but it was a fantastic environment, a compelling game. Uh, obviously, did not turn out the way Memphis wanted in the end, but just uh, it still was nonetheless a memorable experience. And and I think particularly because it wasn't a situation where oh no, they lost to Houston and now like they can't make the NCAA tournament. It wasn't like that. It was like oh they missed a chance to beat number one for the first time ever. But hey. They're going to get another shot at them in the AAC tournament, potentially. Yeah, so the environment, Mark, you were sitting there the last, right beside me, the last minute, minute and a half, two mm-hmm. minutes, whatever it was, and uh, 
it was so they were so into it, the fans, that the because our seats are right up against the barricade of the front of the front row mm-hmm. um, where we're sitting, and and like the fans were like leaning over the barricade to the point where the barricade was like mm-hmm. rocking. At least it was rocking me back and forth because of like Harold Bird yeah, was the, getting into it, man. Harold Bird was oh, getting into uh, it. The birds. Well, and it, it wasn't just it wasn't just him. It was like that whole front row, and it was yeah, like it, like I was having trouble, uh, uh, you know, like typing. It was it was, uh, but but I'm all for it because it was it was as you said, it was like one of those one of those just awesome, awesome, awesome environments. And uh, mm-hmm. I actually just got finished watching the video clip. Uh, I think you were standing there. Uh, talking to Kelvin Stanson outside their locker mm-hmm. room, and he was talking about how the Memphis game day staff needed to be, you know, commended for the work that they did. Um, you know, he said it might would have been a little bit better to have a little bit later tip off, so that uh, uh, give the chance, give the fans a chance to get a little bit more Beale Street in them um, ahead of the game. But uh, but no, it was fantastic. And yeah, it, it, you're right. It, it, it a loss hurts. Always, I mean, they missed a chance to get off the Schneid um, against number one teams. Um, you know, so now they're 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 zero to eleven. Well, well uh, and, I, and I also think if you really want to, if you really want to go, like, okay, what what damage did this do, if any? I don't think it did really, but you probably either. can't get like a number. I I, I don't believe you can go get a number seven seed now um, without the. Yeah, I think you had to beat Houston twice, to, and I I think they're either you know. I don't know if it's good or bad. Like I think if they go to the AAC tournament final, and whether they lose to Houston or not, they're going to be like an eight or a nine seed again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so if you look at it that way, if you wanted to avoid being the eight nine, now I think being an eight nine is better this year than last year. I don't think the one seeds are as good as last year. Um, but nonetheless, if you want to look at it that way, that's how I would. That's how I would frame if, if anything. But I think. What what I found fascinating about how the game played out is it showed me the reasons, both the reasons why Memphis, I think, could make a run to like certainly win a game in the NCAA tournament and with the right matchup go to the Sweet 16. I think you saw that on display when you have Kendrick sure. Davis, you know, who can just get you know even if he's not hitting shots, he can get you points, you know, at the free throw line, all that. And and Kelvin Sampson made the point after the game. He's like, we know Kel- we know Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. And, like, you know, we've played them before. When that team goes and plays in the NCAA tournament, like, those teams are not going to know just how good those two guys are, was Kelvin Sampson's point. And also, I think the way Memphis presses and traps, it's a really unique defense, ultimately. And I thought Penny pulled it out pretty well. You know, there were things he could have done better in that game, but – one of the things he did well was they got back into the game because he was strategically applying that press. Um, and I think that can be a real weapon, especially when you get to the NCAA tournament. But you also saw, you know, down the stretch, Houston goes zone. They couldn't hit a shot, you know. Um, you know, they they got pounded on the offensive glass. Like, you saw some of the reasons also why, you know, they could lose an 8-9 game in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, and so it was all on display. But ultimately, I think this team's got a shot. I mean, they took they took number one down to the wire, um, and you know de- you can say in a lot of ways didn't really play that well. Like they shot thirty five percent from the field and took Houston down to the wire, 
um, at home. But I, I think it bodes well for for them having. Uh, you know, I don't know what successful looks like exactly postseason, but I my gut would tell me we're going to come away satisfied with what they do this postseason. Think about this. Houston, over the course of an entire season, yeah, there's still the conference tournament, yeah, there's still the NCAA tournament, but over the course of an entire regular season, Houston has allowed 56 points per game. Kendra Davis scored 26 points by himself against that defense. You know what I'm like? I just think that that's like a, a... you know, like when we're when we're thinking about this being the last game in Memphis this season and the last game Kendrick Davis will ever play in Memphis, um, I, I just think that it's, you know, it's it's we need to sort of take a second to appreciate what he's done um, this season. And and I, I mean, I, I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but he is on pace. And I forget the exact numbers. I know 700 points is one of them, but Kendrick is on pace to become just the second player ever in program history to eclipse 700 points. I think it's like 185 assists and maybe 75 steals in the same season. The only other player to do that in Memphis history in one season is Penny Hardaway. So, um, you know, just kind of wanted to get the, uh, the Kendrick Davis appreciation, uh, uh, you know, uh, soapbox spiel out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be boring. Whatever happens from here on out for Memphis, it's not going to be boring. That's for sure. Yeah, no. And, and, and they've shown there's, you know, there's pieces there beyond Kendrick and Deandre where, if, you know, if you can get a few of them playing well at the same time, like yesterday, it felt like, you know, Chandler and Malcolm played well as in supporting right. roles. And it felt like they what they were missing really ultimately was like either Demarie or Elijah McCadden or Jonathan Lawson. They needed one of those guys to like hit shots for them. And they or and DeAndre they, or you know, DeAndre had yeah. But I think part of that was I think Houston targeted or Jaden. You know, yeah. you, need, you needed you need another enough. perimeter shot maker. Yeah, particularly no. in the first half when it felt like you know it just really felt like the biggest difference in the first half was. Houston got a bunch of open threes and hit a lot of them. And and they and they guarded Memphis really well in the half court. Like if you really watch that game closely, Memphis did they not did. get much in the half court. They got like free throws. Like Kendrick got to the line quite a bit. But like if Kendrick wasn't hitting a bunch of field, you know, hitting a bunch of shots on that Houston defense, and certainly DeAndre wasn't either. I, I thought they did a, I thought Houston's half court defense was was really good and you know, probably I wouldn't want someone who's playing me the NCAA tournament to watch that film if I was Penny Hardaway because I think the yeah, yeah. the defensive template that Houston used is something that you know like if someone can if you're switching up zone man and you can really kind of hedge you have the bigs to like really hedge hard on Kendrick Davis it really disrupts their offense their offensive flow because they don't have a ton of guys who can just hit you know who Kendrick can release to and can just hit a jumper. In fairness, though, I don't know how y'all felt because y'all were in person. Just on TV, <clears throat> I'm not sure how many other defenses can do to them No, that's true. what Houston did. Houston's I mean, a they, great defensive team. And on top of that, they were very long. They were very athletic. And the refs let them play in the second yeah. half. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yes, they did. Yeah. And so, um, but all in all, it was, I thought, a encouraging performance by this team in terms, you know, like I just thought that, you know, they presented well against the number one team in the country, even though they obviously came out on the short end. All right, let's look ahead now, Muns. We know the AAC tournament bracket. Um, Memphis is going to play UCF for SMU on Friday at 6 o'clock. Um, they will play um, either Tulane, Wichita State, or who's the – I don't know who the other te- – uh, Tulsa. Tulsa. So it's probably t- – I think you're going to play Tulane or Wichita State. I think it's Wichita. If, if you advance to the semis. You don't think Tulane will get there? You don't think this is going to be a revenge tour for the Tigers? I think in the same way that Tulane's a bad matchup for Memphis, mm-hmm. Wichita yes. State is a bad matchup for well, Tulane. And I'll say this, Wichita State's probably playing better than Tulane right now. Like Wichita State, they like, are. Wichita State's playing pretty well. I told you a couple weeks ago that I did not think Tulane was going to finish second in the league because they, you know, they had that four, that, that week stretch where they had four games. That, that week stretch started by losing at home to Wichita State by, like, it wasn't close. Mm-hmm. Um, Jerron Pierre scored 30 points against that Tulane team in New Orleans. Craig Porter Jr. had a triple-double against that Tulane team in New Orleans. James Rojas, the guy who terrorized Memphis in, in Wichita in the first half uh, uh, of that game a couple weeks back for 19 points, um, scored 22, a career high against Tulane. Yeah, I, I think Wichita's playing really well at a good time. Um, that being said, so, so I do believe that Wichita is going to be Tulane on Friday, but uh, I think that I think that, that will play uh, better for Memphis because, again, not that I think Memphis couldn't beat Tulane on Saturday, but I just think that Memphis matches up better with Wichita. Yeah, I mean, because even if you look at, like, the final, like, Wichita State only wins that game by, like, seven, but they were up double figures for pretty much the entire game. And, you know, to me, like, the biggest difference is their big guards give Tulane bigger problems than they give, like, Kendrick. Well, and here's the here's the reality. Also, is that you want ultimately you want I think you want to f- play UCF in the quarterfinals For uh, sure. f- if you're Memphis because they're seventy two quad two they're seventy two yeah. in the net. So even if you lost that, it's a quad two loss right now. Um, yeah. And so I think even though I think SMU they would crush like they've crushed them twice, I still think you'd rather play UCF even though it's a tougher win because the loss doesn't do as like I, st- I, I think they're gonna make. I think they're in. Like even if they lost in the yeah, first round, they're on in. On one hand, I think. But like, why? I don't want to go through that. You know, like on it's one tough. hand, I do think we're past that. But I understand the argument of, okay, if you're gonna have an off night, you'd rather it be an off night that's not as penalizing. Yeah. Um. And so, because I think losing to SMU, I still think they'd be in. But I'd I'd be sweating it out on Selection Sunday if you went and lost to SMU in the first round because that would be a horrible if, loss. If they lost to, to UCF on Friday, if they're a nine seed right now, they just moved down. It might I mean, end up benefiting them. Might be a ten. That's exactly that's my point. Like you know, you, you that might help you um, avoid having to face a number one seed if you get past the first the first game. Uh, it might help you avoid having to. You know, the exact same situation as last year, where you run up against the number one seed, uh, potentially in a in an environment that uh, would be 
you know, bad for you. I do suspect this, though, and I'm playing this up if I'm Penny, because they're going to play before Tulane does on Friday night. I'm playing up the fact, like, hey, the two team we can we can go win this AAC tournament by beating the two teams that swept us this year, you know, like, and and I think they'll be properly like the reason they'd lose to UCF is like if they weren't properly motivated, and I just get the I got the sense after that game yesterday, and just even last year the way how serious they took the AAC tournament. And and how down they were after losing the championship game. How badly like Penny seemed to want that. I, I just don't think they're gonna. I don't think motivation is gonna be a factor in Friday's game. Oh, oh no. I mean, I can tell you. Well, I can tell you at least specifically about Kendrick Davis. Um, like even after Memphis pulled that one out against UCF, you know, just whatever it was, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, he still hasn't forgotten about those comments after the first UC, after the double overtime loss in mm. Orlando. Like he, he still has not forgotten about uh, the we had to pack them up mm-hmm. comments uh, from CJ Kelly. So like I, I, I don't know about the rest of the team, but I know Kendrick Davis will not be lacking any sort of motivation if that's who they have to play on Friday. If we're talking about things that maybe happened yesterday that could bode well for the future. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.